evening, fellow Gooners, to another installment of Arsenal, Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and back from his vacation, Aiden. How's it, guys? Since the last time we, we spoke, it's been a very good for us. Six points, and we're closer to Spurs and Man United. Yeah, two nervy wins, but okay, we'll take the three points. The first of that two was against one was West Ham at the Emirates. We beat them 3-1 with our goals coming from Nacho Monreal, uh, Issa Diop own goal, and Danny Welbeck. It was a, it was a, I enjoyed the game, but there was a bit of disappointment in the way we defended. I mean, it was way too open for West Ham coming to the Emirates Stadium. It, it was basically it was a game of ping pong before that third goal ended. But you could see towards the end, West Ham's legs started buckling a bit, but it should never have been that close. Yeah, for me it was, you know, at times it looks like we, you know, when we're going forward, there's like nobody thinking, you know, hang on, I have to, you know, sit back or whatever, because... That with that Anatovich goal, there were so many holes. I mean, that when that pass has got, you know, played through us like that, it was so simple. And then I thought to myself, okay, one down and whatever. It's you know we're back to the my mind's the drifting with that Chelsea game all over again. But then Nacho bagged the you know a fantastic equalizer, and then you know also like that could kind of you know changed the way the wind was going to the flow to the game. So it was like. Going into halftime mindset, then probably you know the bench probably got them reset mentally and got them more focused. And then you actually saw a different Arsenal second half. Then. It could have been a totally different story if I can't get to that uh, that player's name of West Ham, but he, they had a, an open chance near the end of the first half, which they never took. I mean, we could have been two one down. And going in at halftime, that could have changed it, the whole complexion of, of the game, actually. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you know, second half, when that, you know, when the, the pressure started mounting on West Ham's goal, and that Isa Diop was then forced, you know, to, to, to like, when he, uh, I mean, he had, well, he actually didn't have a chance because once uh, Lacazette swiveled with that shot, he, there was no way he could, no way he could be positioning himself at ball. He came straight and then went past the keeper. But then, I mean, you know, still there were chances, you know, <laughs> the way we're defending it or yeah. our way of playing. There were still ways where we could have messed this result up. But we'll take that three points. I mean, maybe uh, I don't like to always compare and go back to me. Maybe under Arsene Wenger, the latter years of Wenger, Arsenal probably could have thrown away the 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 three points. I've seen, or we've seen many games when. We thought it would be a walk in the park and we end up throwing the game or we get end up losing the game as well. So, there's two sides to it. We can look at it as a negative. The defense was bad, but we showed a bit of character once again to get over the line and get the three points. Exactly. And then, you know, at the end, Welbeck, <laughs> it was probably one of the easiest goals that he scored. With. You know, it was like everything just stood still around him. When he took the ball on, could actually have the time to spin around and just roll it into the net. And I mean, that was, you know, that was it. game, set and match. And then from there, 
we had the game against Cardiff the following weekend, which was, again, another nervy game where we could have been also a few goals down early in the first half, especially the the, the, the chance that made me almost pull my hair out when Peter Cech gave a straight pass to Harry Arthur. And then Harry Arthur just blasted the ball over from about 20 yards with a no, no keeper in goal. I think we need to iron out these little errors we're making. It's, it's, it can all add up eventually. I know we're trying transitioning from a, from a new style of football, a new way of playing football, the passing out from the back. But I just feel, I know this is a bit unfortunate to say, but I don't think Peter checks the keeper to be in goals for for if we're playing the way we are playing. He's a top-quality keeper. His shot-stopping is good. His decision-making is good. But you can see he struggles to play out from the back. And, you know, that, that, that one game was against Man City. We almost turned the ball into his own goal. We yes. just went. Now, you know, he, he's just been doing it again. In this look against Chelsea, I think he almost got caught out once. We played the ball across. He was standing on the one post and he played the ball across the goal, the, the front of the goal. And one of the Chelsea players just, you know, stuck out the leg, but, you know, it was just a bit too far for him. And I'm, it happened, I think, again against um, Cardiff, um, not Cardiff, sorry, against West Ham. And again, so that the player's foot just missed it. And I'm thinking to myself, we are actually the way we are playing, and 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 if he's not coming to grips with that sort of uh, that style of play, we are going to concede a goal this season from a ball being played across our goal from our goalkeeper, and it's going to just be tapped in or ricochet in of somebody. Definitely, yeah. and that happened last season against Swansea. I think was it Monreal yeah. kind of a sloppy back pass to him, and then he also messed it up. So he's never been someone. That is good with the feet. I mean, that's never been his strength. So, I don't know. If, they come, if he doesn't come to grips with it. But, but you know, Aiden, it's almost like also a domino effect. Because it's like, you've, you've get, you get people like, like Socrates or Mustafi. They're also not helping him out in a way. Because at times, they're passing the ball to his right foot. Okay, most of these goalies are training themselves to kick both, you know, like, you know, with both feet. Yeah. But especially when you're under pressure, you do not need to be passing the ball to your goal. Like, if your goalie is a lefty, like, like check, you don't need to be putting it to his right side. Because then he's going to either have to check back or he's going to, you know, just hit an open. He might just hit an open to somebody's backside or into somebody's chest and it bounces in. And that is, for me, where that three, somehow they have to be, either one of them has to be changed around or a few of them have to be changed around. But for me, this is also not working because if you think also the amount of goals we've gone, you know, like what four games we've now played, yeah. it's it's quite a lot. I mean, if you look at, at, at some of the other teams, it's a lot of goals we've conceded. We actually haven't had a clean sheet this season, which is quite yeah. hard. I mean, we're four games in, we've conceded like almost average two a game. It was three set against City, two against. Yeah, two against the three against um, Chelsea, one and then two against Cardiff. So it's there's something needs to happen. I mean, I wouldn't mind a two 0 win or something like that just to give the defense a bit of confidence as well to have that clean sheet. But I mean, 
as for the rest of that, that Cardiff game, you know, some two fantastic strikes by Obama Young and Lacazette, you know, finally playing in the same team. Because yeah. I, I, I still think that the media make too much of, you know, when they go like, oh, yeah, but, but Obama Young can't play. Or yes, some of those various football shows where they go, you know, Obama Young won't be happy playing. He's one thing, he's a team player, whether he was at Dortmund. At, at at Etienne or at AC Milan, he's a team player. He will play where he's going to get game time, especially in the attacking role. And I mean, you saw he, he, he can be, he can put, be a major impact, even if he plays out on the left wing or right wing or whatever, or sent forward. He can do the job. And I mean, like I said, and him, the understanding they have, it reminds me also a, a touch. Of, look, I, I don't want to get over, go overboard with this, but sometimes it does remind me a bit of Kevin Campbell, Ian Wright, where, you know, they read each other's runs, they know what the other one is going to do. So it's very telepathic, and I like it. And I just hope it keeps on going, this combination. And they seem to have a good relationship as well. Not like on and off, off the field. field. Yeah. Yeah. True. So I think that's a good positive. One player I hope starts playing more is that Torreira. I'm starting to really like him as well. He reads the game quite well, and he sniffs out danger very quickly. Yeah, he's st- I mean, I found his stamina amazing in that, that Cardiff game because, I mean, at, at one point, like later on in the game when he, you know, when we had our backs to the wall and, and, and Cardiff were getting almost like a second win and really having a go at us, he was actually, you know, winning and, and breaking up play. Just, you know, that, that, that so almost like breaking that, that momentum that, that uh, Cardiff yeah. were having. And that for me was very, like, it was vital and, that is where I can see that uh, that's what made sense to me when uh, they took off Gwendozi. Because for me, as much as I like him, that game was something like he got lost in the game. And I mean, uh, sometimes having that Jaka around is also not that positive, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. like you need somebody to look up to, like, you know, this guy can guide me or whatever. But, you know, the minute Torreira came on, he already said, you know, you could see he doesn't maybe talk that much. But you already showed, okay, this is where I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my job, and that's it. No, take no prisoners and whatever. Mess around over the ball. I hope he, he starts getting a starting role. I don't know. He, he's not getting the opportunity to start yet. If Emre maybe fancies the Xhaka Gwendozi combination. I don't know. I mean, I, I would I, like I, to see I, Gwendozi. You must see most, like I said, they, look, they play in training as well, these training ma- matches amongst each other. So you can probably see, look, he's probably only got like, say, 60 minutes in his tank or or, or for oh. 40 or whatever minutes. And I think uh, gradually it's going to pick up because, look, he's, gonna play, he's playing at a tempo, which is even quicker than Serie A. So for him, it's going to be a, you know, a big adaptation because you remember that, that one game where he got caught on the ball and, and uh, or that assistant of ours, had a go at him after the Chelsea game when he said, like, you lost the ball for that goal that led to the winner. That was also being caught like that was from, you know, somebody coming from a new league and not knowing how quick the tackles are being, you know, coming in, biting in. And and that is where he lost position that led to that Alonso goal. No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's not easy to adjust to the Premier League. I mean, I think it was Robert Perez years ago in a documentary that he stated that he... He, in the beginning of his Arsenal career, he didn't even know if he was ready for the Premier League because he was sitting on the bench and he was like in awe of how fast the game was going. And Benga even said he wasn't ready to go on and start the game. Mm. So I can understand that logic. 
Okay, so we'll draw a line there with those two games. So now we look forward to the Newcastle game on Saturday at St. James's Park. Again, probably another, you know, tough, tough away game. But in a way, the flip side, and not just to go a bit forward with our fixtures, after I think the Newcastle game, then we're going to go again on a run of, I think, about four home games on the bounce, like Europa League and, and Premier League. So and and is, is the Carabao Cup thrown in that as well in those yes 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 because yes. uh, it's like we're gonna have the Newcastle game the Saturday then we have that Volstra or Volkra or whatever that team from the Ukraine we have them on the Thursday and the Sunday we have a Premier League game and then the fall that week after that then we have the Brentford game in the Carabao Cup. Nice games to get players to get confidence, players to get some minutes as well. Mm. Especially the Europa League and Carabao Cup, we'll maybe see more or like the debut of Leno as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play a, a full game as, as well as Lichsteiner. Yes, and hopefully, I think maybe that's where Torero will also feature. Look, I'm not, I'm not sure game. if you saw any of the squads or I don't know if you and I were chatting about it via text. We have told you about the, the, the squad that, that um, Emery has chosen for the Europa League and then for the Carabao Cup. It's probably going to be one of our strongest teams in years because he's, he's even thrown in, you know, our first, uh, you know, the first 11 are also yeah. that category now that can be available now to play the first rounds of the Europa League or first rounds of the, you know, the, the uh, Carabao Cup. So, you can see it, he's taking this thing very serious because I think the only youngsters that made it was uh, Maitland Niles, that uh, Emil Smith Rowe, and I think Nketiah, I think that's the three. But other than that, all are seniors, or those that got senior, lots of senior games under the belt. But I think that's what we maybe need, you know, a, a good run in the Europa League. Like, I think that's our, our way to the to the Champions League, I feel that that run Europa League run. It's just what, what worries me now. And I know we need to keep the faith, but what bothers me is that Chelsea's in the Europa League. And also, if you look at the Champions League group stages, the likes of Napoli, Liverpool, PSG could be in the Europa League as well. And there's other strong teams as well that could end up filtering down into the Europa League. But, you know, I, I was looking at was it the Tottenham squad the other day? And I think either the Liverpool squad or Man United team, they have a squad that's something like, you know, 15 top, fifteen or 18 top players. And after yeah. that, you just got guys that are like unproven in it. And we has also got, you know, they got the, the, the first 11. They've got a solid, experienced bench. And they even got in reserve also guys that got experience under the belt that can bring still something. So it's like, you know, less youth, more experience yeah. in our squad. And I think that could also, with this like, Premier League season being so long, that could also count in our favor. I'm not saying now, yeah, we're going to be uh, Premier League champions or second or third. But I mean, it, 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 it opens that, that, that play now for that fourth spot or something like that, just to get in. Or as you said, with the Europa League, using that path as, as, as a way to get back in the Champions League. And, and as, as could you mention that the, the, the Champions League and the, how long the league is? Because 
you can see the likes of of Tottenham. Their squad is quite thin. They will eventually start struggling. And if you, if you notice, a lot of teams always drop points after the Champions League and Europa League week. So it's important for us to capitalize on that. I mean, not saying play the full strength teams in the Europa League, but at least maybe mix and match so that there's a team that's ready to go and ready to go on the Sunday. Because City, I mean, not City, um, United and, and, and Tottenham have dropped points in situations where they shouldn't have dropped points. I mean, if you look back, we've dropped points to Chelsea away and Man City at home, which is not the worst places to lose points. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, with with if you look at the, the way things are also working itself out as the, you know, the, the, the matches progress, we're going to need to, you know, have that, uh, you know, the way Wenger used to almost like, you know, what's what's the exact word? On, or like pacify some of the, the, the key players. And, you know, they, yeah. they had a game for seven days and he will still almost like, you know, shield them into a, a, a you know, protect them from a, a, a vital game. But yes. I'm, I'm thinking, I just hope Emery is somebody that's going to, you know, if you fit, if you come through the Europa League game, well, you're in contention for that that other game. Because for me, what, yes. is, what has been our downfall down the, like the loss, especially about seven years or so, there's no real consistency. He, like he makes that drastic changes for one, like Wenger used to do drastic changes for one, drastic changes for the other. And, uh, like you don't get that real balance. So it's not like new team, new team, new team, like that, you know? So, yeah. And and I think Emery, if you look at, at how because I was just looking also at the sort of squads that he he played for with PSG for uh, whether it's that, 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 that French like League Cup or stuff like that. He yeah. would actually take strong players. Like he would take about say seven or eight of the strongest players and then he, he maybe has like a few youngsters on the bench with experienced guys on the bench. So it's like, you know, he would really go for whatever, you know, for what it's worth. He'd go for it. So I just hope he, he brings that sort of mentality and momentum into the squad, the mindset of the squad, and that's because they need it. I'm hoping that as well because it allows a player, also like a fringe player, to actually get the chance to prove himself. Because if you're gonna with a brand new squad that haven't hasn't played together and you guys lose, like well, I can even one game was. Like yeah, I think a few seasons back against Sheffield Wednesday, where we got the hiding three 0 against them. But I mean, the the problem Wenger used to do is just throw players together to play a game and expect the result. So like you're saying, th- throw a few fringe players in together, and also if they prove themselves, allow them, like you said, to be in contention for the next game. Because too many times a player, I think Lucas Perez against Basel, the one season scored a hat trick, and the next week he was on the bench again. Mm. So there's no incentive for the players to perform. Yeah, that, that breaks, that breaks the players' spirit, that momentum. Yeah. You're breaking the guys' spirit like it, doing that. Exactly. I mean, it happened to. I know this. I know he was a kind of a flop at Arsenal, but um, Chamak, he he did well. He scored like ten goals almost up until then. Percy came back from injury, and then Wenger just left him out in the cold. Yeah, just discarded him. Yeah. So hopefully we see a, a, a new a new approach and I think against Newcastle we can be another stepping stone in the right direction. It's not gonna be like easy like you said, 
because they did give Man City a good account of themselves as well. But I mean, look, if you look at <laughs> at the Newcastle right now, fixtures also, I mean, the fact that fixture machine was a computer was also not kind to them. I mean, they had like, so open the season with Tottenham, then they had, I think the Cardiff game, and then they had like Chelsea, and then yeah. they had Man City, so, and yeah. now they have us. Awesome. Yeah, um, uh, and they've only picked up a draw, I think. Yeah, they lost three of the games yeah. and then drew no yeah, the Cardiff. So, I hope, you know, I don't think it always works when they do a win somewhere and I hope it's not going to be against us. I mean, I, I, I know um, Rafa Benitez has come under criticism because of the, the manner in which he played against, I think, Cardiff it was, where they had, I don't know if it was somebody at the, Ten men. I'm not sure if it was a card or whatever, but where they just ended up sitting and sitting and sitting, and then the the, the Newcastle fans were already getting frustrated because they wanted the other team to go out and attack, and that the Newcastle team just sat and sat and sat and and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, that if they're going to come up with that mindset against us and the way, especially like the front three of ours are playing at the moment, and if if someone like Ramsey is going to say overdrive with his passing and that. And and somebody like Xhaka or Torreira is gonna, you know, get stuck in midfield. Then Newcastle could have problems. That's I just hope we, you know, go all out first because for me this sitting and waiting is it's causing more problems for us. It happened now the last or like all four Premier League games so far, we've been playing like it sitting back and then, you know, the pressure just builds and builds and builds on us and then it's always like we need a, a goal to wake us up and now I don't want to play that type of football. I want us to. Go for them. Have a go with them. Just yes. be solid at the back, but have a go with them. I also don't want to have that same type of attitude we had in the past of, oh, we only start playing in the last 10 minutes, last 15 minutes, or it take, needs a goal to wake us up. I mean, you don't want to always be playing catch-up, but catches up against you, actually, at the end of the day. But, but how would you start Going against Newcastle, anything you change from the card of lineup, or would you uh, go at look at uh, look? Everybody will probably also know what look. They probably also studied now Newcastle because I'm not just thinking. Look, if they if Newcastle are gonna keep on, if they've not played like that same uh, style for the, over the last few games, then it, I, I don't think it's really worth you know sitting with having two holding midfielders. Then I'd rather you know say sacrifice one and then you bring in. So two ball winners or, yeah, ball winners or box-to-box players. And then you have, like, an Ozil or even a number 10 role type of thing. Just to, you know, just to add even more pressure onto that, that, that back line of Newcastle. Yeah. They're gonna probably going to have to sit almost like with everybody behind the ball. So we're going to have to also be intricate with our passes, also mix it up long ball or, you know, at, playing in little triangles and moving forward with high pressure. I think I think you. It sounds like you have the tactic for Emery already to get the the three bucks. Hopefully, yes. Um, I just want to also add some other news that are now the last few days that's been in the press. Um, I'm not sure if you read, but Barcelona are also looking now for a left back short term, and Nacho in a way fits the bill. But from what I read a few articles now, where he is actually happy at Arsenal and he wants to. Stay on. He wants. He's looking for a contract extension. But look, with him being what he wanted to, I don't know how they're gonna work it out. But for me, he's worth it. I mean, he's yeah always consistent for us, Mister Consistent. So 
I would actually keep him on, you know, till, you know, he can't anymore or somebody eventually overtakes him. But I don't think Colasinac is going to be somebody that's going to really overtake him. I think eventually or the long-term plan, somebody younger and like even more agile is probably going to be coming in at that, in that left-back slot. I mean, uh, everybody's on about that Ryan Sessignon, so who knows long-term that could be an option for us. And then in other news, um, Ivan Gazidi is that all that rumors, it looks like it could be true. Because there's not talk that in the next seven to ten days he could be off to AC Milan as the wow. sport director. So I just wonder if it was going to be a situation where Raul takes over the CEO role plus the director of football or if we're going to actually appoint somebody. So, you know, that's all in the air. But look, the one positive for us is we actually now have somebody like, like Raul Sal- Salieni who's, you know, he's got the contacts in Europe. So he can't get a, if we need somebody like that or if he takes a CEO role, then he'll probably bring in somebody as strong as him to take the, you know, director of football role. So that's going to be an interesting few weeks now also for that, just to see how that's going to play out. It's really going to be a new dawn for Arsenal because he just steps down. New coach, new scouts, new everything. Mm-hmm. I think this is what actually the club needs now. This fresh start and onwards and upwards from here. Yeah. So I'll put a wrap on this now. Hope everybody has a great rest of the week. I'll bid you farewell. Good night. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.